0: Immortal Ranger Act 2 Immortals at Countdown to Destruction Tommy grunted as he dodged yet another weapon that had tried to hit him and returned the favor by kicking the creature that he was fighting with a swift kick in the face, or to the helmet that was where the face would have been. He was still trying to get over his shock over what had happened. They had just been invaded like they had never been invaded before. Shock troops had rained down first, piranatrons and some kind of foot soldier that the current ranger team often fought. The fish heads carried the same types of weapons as always, but the newest grunts had carried different types of weapons. There had been some swords, some type of gun, and then a two-handed curved weapon that had briefly reminded him of the weapons from those Star Trek shows Billy used to, like to watch, so much, He could almost hear the genius saying that the shows were inspiration for him when he was in the lab. He had fought the various creatures long and hard. He had seen the other rangers try to push the invading army back, but they were just too many, and the one Zord they thought would be good against the air support had been MIA for quite a while, giving a person the thought that the Zord with the machine gun-like hands was gone. Tommy sighed. How had he gotten into this situation? He thought back to how he ended up here. It had been a little over a year since he had last seen his friend that hadn't been acting right. He had cut off the head of one of their worst enemies. True, none of them would ever shed any tears for the flying monkey, but no one should die like that. He had followed rumors about where he had been from place to place. Sometimes the leads he got were months old, but he couldn't stop trying. He had to know what had happened to his friend that would make his friend do what it was that he did now. He had come across over a dozen bodies in his search, and while he wasn't as hot on the trail as he would have liked to have been, since he was busy on the race circuit as well, he couldn't just rush after every clue he found. Fortunately, the other former rangers were willing to spare time to check out the clues as well. Even Zach and Kim had been willing to help after everything had been explained after Trini's death. There had been some leads that led to New York and Sea Coover, but no one seemed to know what they were talking about. Tommy was sure that one of the men there had been the guy with the white-handled sword. He just couldn't prove it. According to Alpha 6, he had spent several months in those cities before he disappeared off the sensors, and Zordon and Alpha 5 had set up to watch for where the various rangers were. The official record said that Jason had died in a motorcycle accident a week after the entire incident with Malagor. Tommy had checked the files relentlessly to see if there was some kind of typo or something, He had even gone by the Scotts place to see if he could have found out what it was that was going on. Mr. Scott had simply told him that Jason had died on his way back from his trip with Kimberly and that he hadn't wanted any kind of ceremony. The Rangers might have believed this if they hadn't seen Jason walk away from getting stabbed in the stomach, thrown off a cliff and into the ocean, and walk back up and kill a monster which had been fighting Power Rangers in one form or another for nearly five years. In his search for his former friend, he had dug into his friend's past and discovered that the person that he had loved as a brother was actually adopted like himself. The latest bit of information said that Jason was in Angel Grove, looking into something for a friend, his sources said. Mr. Scott Lee was supposed to be having a meeting there and was also hanging around to see the rangers and how they performed. It was just like Jason to use his name like that. He had always been proud of both parts of his heritage. The Scottish pride, along with the Chinese warrior, had been something to watch at times. Tommy shook his head. Now was not the time to worry about his friend and his pride, but whether or not he could catch up with him. He had come across something else that had disturbed him, even more than the apparent fake deaths that his friend was doing. It was the fact that in a number of towns that they had trailed him to, The various rangers had found people had been killed by decapitation in about half the towns. None of it made sense to any of them. The Jason they all knew was an honorable person and would find no pleasure in killing a person like that. But he was doing it for some reason. Tommy had intended to just come here, corner his friend, and yell at him and maybe try to talk some sense into him. But that wasn't what happened, and now they were once more fighting back-to-back along with a number of other people. Snarling, Jason was thrown back into a chair after saving a friend from getting knocked through a window. Tommy blocked the weapon of the creep that was trying to skewer a civilian who was running away from one group of foot soldiers and running into theirs. Swearing, Jason reached for the blanket roll that he had been wearing on his back when the attack had started, but was now laying on the ground. Come on, guys, let's take care of these guys our way, Jason said in his familiar leader voice that he had used to use all the time when he had been the Red Ranger and Tommy had been the Green Ranger. If you say so, cutie, a woman that had just flipped a foot soldier over her shoulder said. Each of the two people around him drew out some kind of sword from beneath their jackets, except for Jason, who brought out his old blanket roll. There was about a half dozen swords now flashing around him. The woman was carrying a kind of rapier, two of the men had katanas, another man had a two-handed broadsword, and Jason was holding a broadsword that was designed after his old power sword. The people worked well together, Tommy thought, though they seemed a bit hesitant about Jason. They still followed his orders. He watched as the two men with katanas worked together as a team and dispatched two of the foot soldiers by slicing the arms off the things that appeared to be some kind of robot's. The woman sliced through where the Achilles heel would be on her fish head and was splashed with blood. The guy with the heavy sword was holding his own against four of the robots and Jason was slashing at three more. Tommy shook his head, ducked another blow he had to finish this before he did something he regretted. He had two to deal with. They were both fish heads, so they shouldn't be too much trouble to take down. He started off with flipping one over his leg, then began to pummel the other one. The thing finally had enough and stayed down after he needed in the head, and it didn't bother getting back up. He turned to see the one he had flipped over had been caught under the joint attention of the katana boys. I told you all this was a bad idea, the man with the longsword said as he sheathed his own weapon. The others all followed suit, and soon there was no indication that the six had been holding weapons and wielding them like they knew how to truly use them. But no, the man continued on as they stood there in the shadows for a moment. Everyone had to go and help the baby with his whole coming home trip, and it was all because he was worried about his buddies who seemed to be coming off the worst for the fight that was going on. Yeah, yeah, whatever you say, old man, the woman said. None of these others seemed to really be paying attention to what the two were saying. Tommy shook his head as he looked at the remains that had been left behind. These people had just destroyed these machines ruthlessly, and the blows had been ones that would have either killed a person or wounded them beyond belief, and they were just making jokes about it. Even Jason was just smirking at the remains, as if he found something funny about the whole thing. "'So, what do you say we find a place to hide out for a while?' the man with the heavy Scottish accent said, motioning toward another group of the silver robots, slowly making their way toward them with a large group of prisoners with them. Tommy wasn't sure, but he thought he saw Balkan's skull in the front. The two of them looked like they were trying to put on a brave face for the others.' One of the smartest things I've heard you say, Boy Scout, the man said as he looked away from his mock argument with the woman. Got no argument from me. The group all ran toward a building, then quickly scaled up the fire escape. They watched silently as the team of foot soldiers gathered more and more people. They paused briefly when they saw the destroyed copies of themselves, but they continued their roundup anyways. Tommy looked over his shoulder at the other people with him. Jason looked angry at what was happening to his old home. The guy that they had called Old Man was actually eating a candy bar. The woman was admiring a piece of art in an antique shop, and the other two were just talking. How could they all be so calm after all that had just happened? You want to tell me what you're doing with this group? Tommy asked, keeping his irritation to a minimum. Not really, Rainbow, was the only reply he got. "'Fine, Red,' he growled. "'Then how about what we're going to do now? "'You're the leader of the rangers. "'Why don't you go find some more of our caller-coordinated friends "'and you can scratch the whole lot of them up,' the first red ranger replied sarcastically. "'While you do that, we'll try and survive doing what we can and doing it our way.' He looked at him as if daring Tommy to argue about their methods." The former ranger leader wisely kept his mouth shut for a moment as they returned to watching. That used to be your job, and now it's yours. Go visit the power chamber in Zordon. He'll tell you what you need to do. He's not there anymore. What? Jason said, glaring at his old sparring partner. What do you mean he's not there? Just what I said. He's been captured, man. The current team is doing what they can, but it looks like they've just been overwhelmed, so we'll try to figure something out in the morning. Yeah, fine, we'll get some sleep tonight, he said before walking over to his friends. Tommy shook his head. There was no way that he could make his friend tell him what had happened. He had recognized the tone when he had been told no, but it was hard. It was almost like there was some type of gang, a gang that was deadly with swords, but a gang all the same. They even all wore the same type of jackets that were long enough to hide the swords that they wore, and black. Tommy sighed as he sat with his back against the wall. The group was tense with them around, especially Jason and Adam, one who wouldn't open up. The other was just plain angry at him and seemed to think that bumping into Tommy was the worst thing that could have happened. When Tommy had heard the announcement made by Astronema, The new and improved version of Rita, as Jason had called her. Jason had had to hold his old friend down and talk some sense to him before he had gone down to sacrifice himself for no reason. He thought back to what Jason had said. This isn't Zed and Rita, man, and it sure isn't Mondo or Vile or any of the other psychos that you've gone up against. The fact of the matter is that this girl doesn't care about the retired or former rangers. All she cares about is the current group. She'll try and deal with us later if she doesn't send for someone else to take care of us. Now then, the rangers may or may not have a plan, but we will. Now get a hold of yourself before I have to knock you out. Tommy had calmed down and listened to the plan, if the current rangers turned tail, and did nothing, they had several assassin methods set up. He had argued with these ideas at the very beginning, but he had quickly been outvoted. It was after that happened that he got the feeling that he was there by necessity than the fact that he was actually wanted. He was now drinking his first beer the others had been drinking before one of the Scotsmen had said they were there with the compliments of Joe, whoever that was. A penny for your thoughts, lad? Tommy looked at the man that was leaning against the wall, but had not sat down and watched him coolly. Not really, Tommy said, shrugging. I'm just trying to figure out what happened to my best friend. Life, lad, and not the kind one would even wish upon an enemy. I would tell you more, but this is between the two of you. Besides, he should be the one to tell you, not any o' us. And if he won't tell me, then I suppose that you don't need to know. It could be that he feels that he's protecting you. <laughs> Maybe, the teen said doubtfully, after all they had fought alongside each other for a while, and his ability to handle himself had never come up except for when his powers kept getting weaker and weaker. Whatever you guys did to him, though, you changed him, Tommy said accusingly, glaring at the man who seemed to know his best friend better than he did these days. Maybe, lad, but because of us, he's also still alive, and now that he understands the rules of the game, he's almost ready to be his own person again sure tommy said i'll take first watch adam's got it lad the man said nodding to the man who carried the two-handed sword he'll be up off and on all night watching for something or other bit paranoid he is tommy nodded and found a corner to sleep in he looked briefly at the ship that was hovering over the city for a moment he thought he saw a red energy flare but there were no other following flares and surely the rangers wouldn't split their forces right before this. Tommy watched Jason as he polished each of the bullets in his hand before placing them gently in the clips. Hollow point and explosive rounds, Jason said, answering the unasked question. We'll be using assault rifles, which can double as sniper rifles. Adam thought it was a bit of overkill, till I showed him some of the video clips of what people like Zed are capable of. You've told these people a lot about yourself, Tommy said almost accusingly. It just kind of happened after McLeod got himself a little too drunk one night. I was busy moving into my own apartment at the time, the other man said shrugging as if it wasn't that important. How'd he find out? He followed me to Atlantis. How? The only way anyone could have gone to that place is if they were teleported. And last I checked, the only teleporter in human control at that time was at the command center. Had the kid check out the location, didn't you, Jason stated, more than asked, as he filled the last cartridge up and slammed it into the gun. Well, yeah, I mean, it's underwater and everything. How could you have gotten to it? And how did you survive those stab wounds? Trade secret, he responded to his friend. Like what we were? You know, maybe that's a reason we were forced into retirement. Demetria was scared what might happen if we became as bloodthirsty as you. Blame it on me if you need to, Tommy. Just remember, though, that you held the power the longest. Maybe she was afraid of you becoming addicted to the power and was only trying to save you from the power. That's insane. She would have said something, Tommy said. I don't know, Jason admitted as he field-stripped the other rifle. I didn't know the lady, and I'm only guessing at this. Could be that Zordon made an age limit, then wanted you to go and have a life of your own. They still should have at least given you a new watch, though, he said teasingly. Maybe, Tommy said, unconvinced, ignoring the attempt at humor. But it's been a little over a year, and look where we are. Maybe none of us should have left. After the whole thing with Malagor, I had to, Jason said. Now let's get back to this, he said, as he rebuilt the gun, wiping a bit of stray grease out of the way. Tommy shook his head in disbelief as he watched Jason pass the three rifles out we set, lad? Yeah, Jason said, nodding. He then headed toward the center of town. Tommy shook his head again as his friend headed for that crowd that was forming. You're with him, I presume, lad? Tommy nodded and followed after Jason, followed by two of the others. The other three headed to their positions for when the supposed queen of the galaxy made her move. They're all a bunch of fools, Adam's voice said into his radio as he watched the idiots began making fools of themselves by declaring themselves as rangers despite the obvious fact that there was no way they could be rangers. Fools, maybe, but brave fools, Amanda said into her radio. She and Duncan were with Jason and Tommy in the crowd. The three of them had quickly covered the mouth of the long-haired teen before he joined the crowd declaring himself a ranger and telling his history of duty. "'Destroy Them All,' was heard by the red-headed girl. She was interrupted by the current team, which put on a show on top of a nearby building. "'Those costumes teach you those dance steps?' Richie's voice asked amusingly over the mics as he chuckled at the show the five put on. Jason groaned. "'I'll never hear the end of this,' he complained as the rangers jumped to the ground and began battling the forces of Astronema. "'Blast it!' Adam shouted. "'She's gone!' The ground team watched in shock as they turned back to the platform that they had been watching a moment ago and saw that the old man was right, the redhead was gone. Great, plan B then. I want you guys to take the heads off those monsters. I'll handle the one that looks like a cone head with fangs though, Jason said, as he noticed that Elgar was amongst the troops. Besides, he owes me a fight after what he helped do to me. You got it, Richie said. Then to both former rangers' shock, they watched Balk lead the town against the foot soldiers and forcing the rangers when they needed it most. Go, Jason said, shoving Tommy one way while he went the other, headed for Elgar. The other two that were with him drew their swords and began slicing into the army of monsters. The gunfire kept the foot soldiers from overwhelming the crowd of revolters. Tommy shook his head as he grabbed a forgotten metal pole, and with a few twirls had cleared a space. He then began attacking the creeps, knocking them back, slamming his staff into countless preyless robots, or whatever these things were. He felt the weirdest sensation when he found himself back to back with Bulk and Skull. Hey, Tommy, I thought you were supposed to be off in the Indy 500 or something like that, Bulk said as he picked up one monster and tossed it into another while Tommy tripped another one with his staff. Well, you know me, I can't resist a good fight, Tommy said. He thrust his staff forward beside Bulk's head, catching another one that was headed for the large young man that seemed to be a tempting target to all of them. Yeah, that sounds like you, Tommy, Skull said as he started punching another monster in the ribs. Tommy brought his staff down on the monster's head before it could retaliate to the punk. Got to help with some others, he said over his shoulder. He had seen Elgar, and he remembered what Jason had told his friend about leaving the Clayskin General alone, and there was only one reason why he would do that. Flipping over another group of foot soldiers, he was now right in front of Elgar. Why, if it ain't the former Red Ranger, he said, cackling, this will be fun. He hefted his heavy sword and swung at the young man in front of him. Tommy brought his staff up to block the blow and was holding two pieces of smoking metal as the pole broke. "'You thought you were going to fight me with that and no ranger powers?' The creature laughed as it backhanded Tommy, sending him flying back into the crowd. "'Well, since you're even dumber than Rito, it had a fairly good chance of working,' Jason said as he walked up to the creature which had just thrown Tommy across the street. "'Who are you?' "'I'm the guy that killed Goldar.' That's really all that you need to know about me, because by just about any other name, I'm already dead. Sure, whatever you say, so how about we get it over with already? There's a planet that needs conquering, the creature said, holding up his sword. Wait a minute, did you just say that you're the creepy guy that killed Goldar? That I did, the figure said as he brought his sword down on the arm of one of the soldiers that got too close to him. "'Well, okay then,' Elgar said as he nervously faced off against the unknown warrior. Zed and Rita had been furious when they had heard about the death of their head general, which had been killed by this guy who had carried some super sword or something. The two charged at each other. The unknown ducked under the heavy swing and brought his own up in a blow that caught the monster in the ribs. Only this blow didn't hurt him like a ranger weapon did, which caused explosive destruction on his body.' but rather a pain on the inside like he was unused to. We're not done yet, Conehead, the figure said. The figure then began to attack, his sword always darting in and making small scratches on the monster, but jumping out of the way at the last minute before the heavy sword could connect. Ducking under a counterswing, he kicked the monster in the face. He smiled beneath his helmet as he heard the shattering of some of the long fangs the creature had. Spinning again, he brought his fist into one of the sword wounds, ripping the wound open slightly. The creature fell to his knees. Nodding, Jason brought his weapon up to finish him off. "'That's enough, Jason. He can't fight anymore,' Tommy said as he held the arm that held the blade. "'Let's go help someone else.' Shaking his head sadly, Jason stared at his friend. "'I thought you were beginning to understand, man.' Sighing, he elbowed his friend in the face, then sidekicked him in the gut, knocking his friend down. He turned back to the monster that was struggling back up and swung the sword clean through the neck. Jason watched calmly as Tommy refused to look at the body that had fallen, knowing that his body would try to barf again, but since he hadn't really had anything but a can of beer since lunch, he doubted that he would throw up, since there was nothing to throw up. That didn't mean he had to look at the sight, though. You got to mean it when you go into a fight, Tommy, Jason said as he looked at the broken remains of the monster. Tommy glared at him. You really aren't the person I remember, are you? He said as several more of the gray things got up to face them again, though they seemed more wary around Jason than Tommy. Jason sadly nodded his head. This is war for survival, Tommy. Sometimes you have to do the job that no one else wants to do. If you ever understand that, call me he said, slipping a small piece of paper into his old friend's hand before he walked into the fights, his sword flashing all over the place. His motorcycle helmet was quickly becoming battered as he took various hits. His body was also taking the occasional hit, Tommy Winston pain as he watched his friend get skewered. Tommy stuffed the paper into his pocket before he picked his pipes back up, hissing in pain as he felt the broken ribs rub against each other as he began battering the monsters he was near the end of his line when he saw a white light that erupted from astronomer's ship the light touched everything and he fell to the ground as he felt a familiar presence briefly brush his mind then was suddenly gone and a feeling that he had always had was suddenly gone he didn't even notice the way his enemies all were turned to stone then shattered upon themselves He saw his body was glowing with various colors briefly as he fell to the ground on his knees and cried for the loss of the most powerful source of good. He absently noticed that the light had healed all of his injuries, but he had just remained where he was, as if he remained long enough there his fierce denial of what had just happened would be the truth. When he finally got himself back under control, he watched sadly as a long-haired teen in a gray uniform with a red shirt whom he thought might be the red space ranger brought out Astronema, who looked like she was dead as well. The ranger laid her sadly down and somehow changed her into some girl that was a blonde who didn't seem to have any real memory of what she had done. Tommy just shook his head in understanding sympathy and looked around for any of the other familiar forms. He saw Balkan's skull near the rangers. Stone was off to the side. He looked behind him and smiled slightly as Rocky and Adam fought their way through the crowd till they were next to him. There were still tears in their eyes, and he knew that they had felt the loss of their mentor just as he had. He looked beyond them and saw the black-clad figure of Jason holding a red bandana in his fist. Tommy wasn't sure, but he thought maybe this would finally shock his friend back to them, but he merely wiped the tears from his eyes and tied the piece of cloth on over his head then turned away following the already retreating figures of his new team. Tommy sighed and looked at the paper in his pocket. It was a cell phone number with the words emergencies only written below it. Tommy nodded. Jason had moved on and it was time for the rest of them to try and move on. He turned back to the scene of seeing rangers holding each other and his thoughts wandered back to a photo of the original team that stayed hidden in his garage that he had taken right before Jason left the first time with Zack and Trini for the peace conference the picture had all of them morphed in without their helmets on he just shrugged and turned back to his friends it's better this way you know lad duncan said to his student as they found their motorcycles i guess jason said as he placed the visor down over his face and revved the engine before taking off his thoughts wandering back to the various things he had done in his life so far, the first time he was in the command center and talked with Zordon, the time he invited a guilt ridden Green Ranger to the team, rejoining the team as the Gold Ranger, the various swords he had seen the original five dinosords, Thunder Zords, Dragon Zord, Tiger Zord, Titanus, Tor, the Zeozords, and Pyramidus. He would remember his mentor, he swore, as he thought on the golden coin that he had felt fall into his pocket when he had been hit with the white light fading away from his friends.